Thank you, Samson. Uh, this morning, I would like us to look at John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Um, John 11 is the passage where Lazarus is raised from the dead. And uh, this is a very familiar passage. But I want to look at it uh, with a renewed focus. Um, we have, you know, briefly, this is the family that God loved, that Jesus loved, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and they lived in Bethany, just outside of Jerusalem. And um, Lazarus is sick. But then when he hears that in verse 4, he says the sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God. So that the Son of God may be glorified by it. So as soon as he's sick and instead of going, he chooses to actually delay verse 6. He, so when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. So he's delaying the trip to Bethany. He's actually waiting for Lazarus to die. Uh, he's not wanting to go and heal him before his death. He's waiting for Lazarus to die. And, and, and you know, sure enough, he dies. And uh, the disciples are the one group that are totally clueless in this passage. Uh, and, you know, you'll see that. And then he, he goes to Bethany at the end. It's four days. The key verses in this passage is verse 4 and 40. Verse 4, I just read it. The sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God. So that the Son of God may be glorified by it. And then again, verse 40. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. The crisis of this family is opportunity for God's glory. That's how heaven looks at our lives. Whatever comes in our life, whatever happens in our life, whether it is health, financial, uh, whatever crisis, you know, relational, business, professional, employee, employer, partner, whether it is a spouse matter, husband and wife matter, parents, children, whatever the problem be, whatever for which you and I don't have an answer. God is teaching us through this. Those, those are opportunities 
for the glory of God. See, this whole thing is a lab for us. Lazarus dying, death, and being raised is an experiment, is being the disciples are being taught, and you and I are being taught. God is saying, whatever it be, whatever it be, if he had come before he had died, it would have just been, oh, he healed him from a fever, right? Or from a sickness. Now, if he had come the day of death, just after, they would have said he may not have died. Even a day later, they could have easily turned things around and said, oh, they probably didn't check him enough. That's how corrupted we are. So he delays it for four days. Even the family is saying it's stinking. There's a stench there. That's the extent of how God has to work with us. Because our hearts are corrupt. We'll turn things around. So God delays and comes. So, and the sister, that's so typical of us. Martha tells in verse 21, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, she doesn't realize God purposefully delayed the coming so he could die. <laughs> and thereby a greater glory could come. Now, that's a very materialistic way of thinking. If you had died, he would not have died. If you had come, he would not have died. And then, Jesus says, your brother will rise again, 23. Immediately, she shifts to the spiritual view. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. In the future, she has pushed it all to the future. She is spiritualized. She was just very physical, very material. In just one second ago, saying, if you were there, if your presence was there, physical presence, you would have stopped the death. He would have healed him even before he died. Very commonly we think that. If only I had this, I, I would have avoided this problem. If only this money was there four years ago, when I wasn't that big problem, I would have avoided. If only I knew this policeman, then that case would not have come. If I knew this lawyer, if I knew this, this, whatever, whatever. God is wiping away all of that, pushing that away, saying doesn't matter. In fact, God delays people from coming into your life, it delays things from coming into our life, into our problem. For the one purpose, you will stand before an Im immense crisis of death, of losing, stench. There's the stench in the, in the cave. Complete loss. And there comes God arises. 
He doesn't come to rescue, so he gets a little bit of a light, little bit of an applause. He comes when there is no chance, absolutely no hope. Even you are saying, if you had come early, you could have stopped it. And then when he says, no, I was, I'm going to raise him up again. What does he say? What does she say? Oh, I know he'll rise up on the resurrection day. Spiritualized it, you know, not expecting anything now. There is no hope. That's when God steps in. Same thing. Same thing. So, and then, again, the other sister, Mary, also says the same thing. 32. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. My brother would not have died. No, Mary. Jesus waited so he would die. So, at the end of it, would be a greater glory for God. Not saving somebody from fever, but raising somebody after four days of dying. If we look at our life in this posture, in this view, everything, everything, everything that you and I go through are opportunities for heaven. Or opportunities that God is itching to glorify himself. He's not willing to share his glory with anybody else. That's why he's delaying. He's waiting for the lawyer who's trying to save you from trying and giving up. He's waiting for the doctor. He's waiting for the money. He's waiting for everything that can save us temporarily to try and then he comes when everybody has given up it may be the marriage it may be a relationship whatever it is whatever it is he lets others try you know you think they didn't try they had so many doctors I'm sure just outside of Jerusalem so what I want to place before you strongly in this season of end times, in this end time days that you and I are living, when the world believes there is no God, when majority of the world has believed, convinced itself that money is God, all that matters is wealth and money in our hands. That's what the world is going after. In that season, God is showing there is the Most High God who can turn the destinies, who can turn darkness into light, mourning into laughter. And that's what he's saying. Verse 40, he says, 39, he says, remove the stone. He says, Lord, by this time there will be a stench for he has been dead four days. He says to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Literally, he says, she says in 39, he stinks. 
Lord, by this time he stinks. <coughs> For he has been dead four days. A lot of time God lets us come to that place of stink. It may be the marriage, maybe whatever it is. He, he lets the stink. He lets the stink <laughs> smell bad. Everybody's talking about it. This business is gone. This family is gone. This person is gone. It's over. It's over. And then God resurrects. So Jesus saying here, did I not say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? And then Jesus prays that Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. Who's he targeting here? His disciples. First and foremost, his disciples. They're all around him. They're being taught here. This is a lab here. Theory has happened. This is practicals. God is showing to his inner core how God works. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him, let him go. Outcome of that, therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done, believed in him. Believed in him. See, glory of God always towards people. Glory of God is paramount. Second is belief in God. Unbelieving world, that is the context you and I are living in. Unbelief disbelief, no concept of God. Whatever it is, some ritual, religion, even Christian, faith has become a routine ritual for many. It is in this context, God is saying, my glory, his glory, will draw people to believers. The majesty of God When, when people see what God can do, God does, it's, it, it, it draws people to, to believe in God. So that's what's happening here. This is what I'm saying is, in this season, this is going to be one evangelism tool. Increasingly, a tool of evangelism by heaven itself. This evangelism is not done by you and me. This is heaven's evangelism strategy. Glory of God, blowing away every other argument. No answer. It's over, done and gone. 
and it comes to life. It may be a marriage, it may be a business, it may be a ministry, it may be a relationship, it may be health, it may be even finance, I don't know. Something that's impossible in the eyes of the world, God says, I'll begin now. All stand back and see. This is the season we are in, when God is needy. Believers, drawing believers through his own majestic ways. And the channels, the opportunities are all impossible things in our lives. Things that have died are dying. So as a believer, you and I can actually embrace this. Instead of being like Mary and Martha, or clueless like the disciples, now that you and I have been given an inside track into how heaven functions, you and I can actually ask God, invite God, God, the things that are no chance in my life, the things in my life that, that I have given up, everybody's given up, would you resurrect it? Things in my, in my world that I've, I've longed for and desired and have died, would you renew it? Would you call it a life? It may be a friendship. It may be something you lost. Whatever it is that is dead and gone, God is saying, I can bring it back. So, I want us to look at whatever in our life that you believe would be opportunities for God. God has more than looked at it many times and wondering whether you will ask for it. A lot of times we are spiritualizing like uh, Martha saying, yeah, it'll come back at the resurrection. But here is Jesus saying, I can raise him up now. And she's saying, yeah, I know he'll rise up later on. No. Jesus is saying now. Jesus is saying here in the now. So whatever it be, I don't know what it is that you are grieving over. Believe that it's not over. Trust that heaven has not forgotten your tears. God is able to raise it up. Bring it back to life. It may have been a childhood dream. It may have been something that was taken away from you. It may have been something that, um, over which you had no strength. It, it, it just was pulled out from under your feet. Unfairly, you were cheated. You were treated wrong. It may have been a relationship that's gone sour. It may have been a Whatever, whatever, made a document that was lost. 
is something very important that was lost. God can bring it back to you. <laughs> Our water limited to just material things. It may be a lost child who has turned away from God. Things that heaven rejoices over, celebrates. I'm not saying document is not something God doesn't you know, rejoice over. He does. Whatever that we are grieving about and more, God is able to restore. One interesting thing though, this it's a lonely journey. It's a lonely journey to think that God is in his sovereignty is going to use your, your dead areas into glory stories. Glory, glory, glory. Where? Where there is stink. It's a lonely journey there. See, in verse 53, John eleven fifty-three. so from that day on, they planned together to kill him. I'm not saying this. The word of God is saying this. The religious world is trying to kill him now. Why? Because of this glory stories. <laughs> and it doesn't stop there. Turn the page to the next chapter. Chapter 12, verse 10. But the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death also. What is his fault? <laughs> That's where the world is. They do not want the glory stories. If they are not part of it, if they are not part of this big manifestation, the spiritual world around us that we are part of may not be that thrilled. It's a lonely road. But God will show up in those dark places for his glory. And everybody around will know this was God. And there will be believers out of that. There will be people who will believe. Whatever you are walking through, you know God knows that's all it matters. Take it to the throne room. Cry to the Most High God. Whatever it be. One of my dad's favorite sayings was, known to God, unknown to man. Known to God, unknown to man. That should be our prayer life, our crisis. Whatever our need, known to God, unknown to man. In this day of texting and twittering all your prayer needs and people offering to pray from all over the world for you, go into your throne room of God. Shut the door, fall on the floor and cry out to your heavenly father. Daddy, father, would you revisit this? I've lost this. Would you bring back this child? Would you bring that back? 
would you release me from this? Would you forgive and restore? He's looking for glory opportunities, whatever it be. Nothing is impossible for this heavenly father that you and I have. And he's eager to make himself bigger and greater in the eyes of the world that increasingly believes he doesn't exist. So that believers would come out of that mass that stands around you in hope that it's over. Believing he's thinking. <laughs> God is saying, more it stinks, the better for me, my child. The more it's delayed, the better. The more it's impossible, the better. Give me the hardest one. So whatever you're walking through, whatever you're facing, I don't know. It doesn't need to be known to others. Only God, only God, cry out to him, seek him, push everything else, wait at his feet. Glory of God will descend. Glory of God will surround you, believers, 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 new way of evangelism in these end times. Shall we pray? Father God, we come to you this morning. Our hope renewed because you are a God of impossible things. We look at the world through possible things and you look at from where you sit on the throne, Lord. Nothing is impossible. You are above all and you look at all the impossible things of man and mankind and you are laughing at it this morning. Father, you know the one that is crying out this morning. You know the one that is grieving and mourning over something that has ended. It may have been a marriage, may have been a ministry that was lost, testimony that was lost, opportunities lost in the marketplace, whatever, Lord, whatever it was lost may have been health, may have been finances, whatever it is, Lord, you're able to redeem it, restore it, bring it back to life. Would you do it for your glory? for your honor, for your majesty. And may all those standing around that brother or sister or family or business or that family, may they know God has visited them and that they become believers in God. So that they bring their crisis, their dead things, their stinks, things that are stinking in their life to you and say, would you enter into my stink also? Would you clean up what is messy in my life? May that be the new method of evangelism, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.